recorded live at 4ZZZ Studios Brisbane on 102.1 FM and broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. You're listening to Zed Games. With 10 years experience and over 500 episodes, Zed Games brings you the best in gaming news, reviews, community and culture. Want to reach out? Message us on Facebook at ZEDGamesAU. You're listening to Zed Games. You are indeed. It's My great. name is Hazel, name and is here Cam. in the studio oh, is Cam. I'm stepping all over. He got ahead of me. He's going too fast. He I'm can't just be stopped. Eager. I'm like Sonic. <laughs> <laughs> what have you been up to, Cam? You been playing any games? Uh, I've been playing a couple of games. One of them I'll talk about today um, that I'm very excited to, to divulge. A little sneak about. peek. A little sizzle there for you. A little stay tuned, people. Uh, I've been playing a lot of Super Puzzle Fighter 2 Turbo on the yeah? Switch. Which is great. What's that like? It's great. It's probably the best puzzle game of all time. Oh, I got to give it a try then. It's I love lovely. puzzle games. It's like two bucks on the Switch store. It's great. Do you like Wordle? I, well, I look. We all went through a Wordle phase. Okay, mine didn't stop. Really? Yeah. Wow. You that person that like like texts everyone in the morning on? No, no. My brother points. does it at like uh, midnight. Oh right, right on the yeah. Board. Like oh. as soon as it ticks over. Um, but he's unemployed, so I guess he just has the time to be awake after midnight. Bless him. Yeah. Love you, Dave. Um, <laughs> he's not going to listen to this. Uh, <laughs> but um, What about you? What are you playing? Wordle. <laughs> uh, I've been trying to play games, but I just, um, I just started a new job, so there hasn't been much time. I... I- work in the industry and part of the rules of working in the games industry you don't actually play games yeah 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 you looking forward to any new games uh well zelda's tomorrow come on yeah yes. are, you gonna, are you actually gonna play it have you got it pre-ordered i no. i'm just gonna i don't i don't some kind, no i'm just gonna walk into the store like a normal yeah. person and buy it and then they're sold out because everyone pre-ordered i'll be like listen pound <laughs> desk don't you know who i am i'm on zed games don't you know who i am <laughs> it'll get me nowhere I'm the president of Nintendo. I run video games. My name is John Video Game. I have a funny story about the president of Nintendo. Oh, really? No, you do. Oh, I do. Yes, that's true. I do. I was like, oh, well, you you met him too. Oh, great. No, no, no. I'm not. Assaulted him in a hotel room too, but that's all. Yeah. All right. I think we better listen to some news. Here is the news. This week, in an unnatural union of games and news. If you've been eagerly awaiting the release of Silksong, the follow-up to 2017's Hollow Knight, you are not alone. Previously, all we've heard is that it would release in the first half of 2023. Thankfully, the game's publisher has taken to Twitter to address the situation and let us know that the game will no longer be launching in the first half of 2023. Expect more details closer to release, which is any time between now and the heat death of the universe. Street Fighter fans will have an opportunity for a good look at the upcoming sixth iteration of the Legendary series in one last public beta before the game releases officially on June 2nd. It isn't just a small taste though, as it includes eight playable characters, six stages, eight game modes, character creation, along with several other features, as well as full cross-play support between PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X and S, and Steam. It will be available in May from Friday the 9th to Monday the 22nd. To take part, simply go to the open beta sign-up page on streetfighter.com. Did you know there's an official RPG of Doom 2? 
Doom 2 RPG was released in 2009 for the iPhone, iPod Touch, and the Apple iTunes phone, the Motorola Rocker E1. Since it was based on iOS 2, you'll have a hard time getting it to run nowadays. Thankfully, the resourceful team of enthusiasts at GEC Entertainment Inc. have reverse engineered the game and released it on PC. You can find all the info you need to play the game at the Doomworld forums. After last week's decision by the UK's Competition and Market Authority to block Microsoft's acquisition of Activision Blizzard King, Activision is gearing up for a fight by hiring Lord David Panic, King's counsel, to lead their appeal. Lord Panic's previous clients included Queen Elizabeth II, Boris Johnson, and Manchester City Football Club. Microsoft has hired Daniel Beard, King's counsel, who, while not a lord, has previously won massive appeal cases for both Apple and Intel. Life is Strange True Colors has received a win at this year's Peabody Awards. The Peabody Awards are a prestigious set of annual awards that recognize excellence in broadcasting and digital media content that have made a significant impact on society. Another video game related winner was the Uncensored Library, which is a beautifully crafted virtual library that runs in Minecraft. Leveraging Minecraft's availability in countries while other media is blocked, over 20 million gamers in 165 countries have been able to access censored articles available in English and the original language from acclaimed independent journalists under threat by the authoritative regimes in places such as Saudi Arabia, Russia, Mexico, Egypt and Vietnam. The library has become a teaching tool in K-12 schools and universities around the world for turning one of the largest digital platforms for youth into a global movement to fight censorship, the Uncensored Library wins a Peabody Award. Upcoming game releases. On May 12th, The Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. It comes out on Switch. Everyone else has pretty much got out of the way, except on May 16th, you can grab Humanity for PlayStation 5, 4, PlayStation VR 2, and PlayStation VR NPC. And two days later, on May 18th, you can get Firmament on PC and Mac. That's all this week in Zelda Zelda. Zelda Zelda. Zelda Zelda. Zelda Zelda. Zelda Zelda. Um, thank you, Paul, very much for the news. Uh, I'm, I'm always just kind of fascinated by like official titles like king's council mm, you know mm. i just have this a scene like you can imagine like the old british uh legal dramas where they're like I, I, my learned counsel I, I want to i want microsoft to be able to pwn noobs with activision <laughs> you're like cough cough <laughs> I, yeah, I love to like open like the the Wikipedia page of a comedian or something and have like OAM Order oh, of yeah. Australia medal. Like th that's, I mean, I don't we, know. We're going to get one eventually for this show. Oh, service. definitely. Community, I just expect Hazel uh, last name that I'm not saying on air. Yeah. OAM. Oh, it's coming up. It's coming up. Yeah, great. <laughs> I just love the idea that just like these very serious legal people are involved in frankly ridiculous things because none of this should be taken seriously. It's video games. Um, antitrust should probably be taken seriously. That, okay, <laughs> fine. But at the end of the day, it's just uh, video games. Street Fighter Six. Street Fighter Six. Street Fighter Six. I got my day off work booked. Oh, you do? Oh yeah. I'm I'm serious. This is, this is hardcore. I'm a little bit annoyed that maybe I should learn Street Fighter and we can play together. Well, it's great. Street Fighter Six is like got this mode where it's like if you've never played Street Fighter before, just press this button and you'll pull off cool, sick moves. 
You don't need to learn anything. I just, just press all the buttons at just once. Just press all the buttons. You'll do you'll do cool stuff. Yeah, I've played Soul Calibur. Yes. <laughs> now we're talking. Yes. So just press every button and you win. Press every button. Um, I'm so excited about Silk Song, even though I haven't finished Hollow Knight. Oh, I need oh, to go okay. back and finish Hollow Knight so that I can play <sighs> Silk Song, Silk Song, mm. and review it um, for all of you beautiful people out there. That's right. You're all wonderful people. Yeah, I keep getting Hollow Knight confused with Shovel Knight, and then I start loading up Hollow Knight, and I go, "Oh, this isn't Shovel Knight." Yeah, it's cute. With Wouldn't it be good if they had a, a crossover though? Night Knight. Yeah, Night yeah. Knight. Ah, then you go to sleep. Hollow Shovel Night Knight. Hollow Shovels. <laughs> Let me play Animal Crossing. My shovel keeps breaking. Anyway, and with that, it is time for a little review of a game called A Story About My Uncle. Mm, not From, my uncle. It could be your uncle. <sighs> Dodgy. I got a lot of uncles, so it could be any of them. I have an actual Uncle Bob. <gasps> so so you know, Bob's your uncle. <sighs> well, Bob's my uncle. Very good. <laughs> Who's doing this review? Uh, Zara. Aww. Here it comes. tell you a story. Grab a cup of tea, cuddle up in a blanket, and listen closely while I tell you a story about my uncle. A story about a young boy's journey into adventure and fantastic experiences. A story about my uncle has been in my games library for years, and yet for whatever reason, I never played it. Until now, of course. And what I experienced was a charming first-person platformer where you play as our storyteller trying to find his uncle with the help of an adventure suit that allows you to do incredible things. Run faster, jump further and higher, and most importantly, grapple. You're going to need it while navigating a dark, mysterious cave system filled with floating rocks, glowing symbols, and hopefully some new friends. The game starts you off like any other bedtime story, with a young, budding adventurer who is too curious for their own good. You get a few minutes to establish a setting, to look around the home of your uncle, settling into the story. And then, as if it was waiting for you, an adventure suit. Of course you put it on, and immediately your steps become easier. You try to jump and you find yourself gaining some significant air. In almost no time at all, you are leaping from floating rock to dark platform, moving easily through it all, a contrast to how mundane the story starts out. It isn't long until you get the ability to grapple, and the way this game handles it feels so fluid, but also as if the forces of momentum are barely in your control. It's a peculiar feeling when the action is effortless and it strings together well as you find a tether point, lock onto it and then feel yourself swinging through the air to slingshot your way forwards. When you see the dark abyss of the pit below you and the glowing points to guide you, trusting the movement, it's hard not to feel that swoop of vertigo in your stomach. It's thrilling, it's simple, but it's not necessarily easy. The force's momentum aren't always on your side. Leaping off at the wrong angle could swing you into the wrong direction. If you miss your chance to lock onto a tether point, that endless abyss below you is ready to embrace you. There is a reason this game gives you a lot of quick save points, 
marked by a glowing symbol on the floor. That symbol eventually told me that I was going to have a tricky time with a platforming sequence, and it can get frustrating, but I try again and again and finally I'm through. A little bit wiser, a little bit more confident, and the story continues. You'll find yourself exploring not just the caves, but also find little pockets of story, extra background about your uncle, tidbits of memories, much like how you might go on a small tangent mid-story to give you information that has nothing except to help you understand the subject of the story. Some of these memories will come from living sources, a hidden civilization who seem to know all about your uncle, and in this way you get to understand this man. Now, sometimes I find narration really irritating, but in this game, literally titled A Story About My Uncle, narration is important for keeping the game in context. You're not just playing through it, you're making the story. When you need to focus, things are quiet, which gave me room to think and reassess a jump. But if I explored a lot, I got to experience a bit more detail, a few more lines of dialogue. And when the story gets interesting, the narrator keeps things on track, and I can feel, for a moment, like a kid hearing an incredible story. Too incredible to be true, and yet, it feels like I can see it all in my mind's eye. The voice acting lent itself well to achieving this feeling. A story about my uncle is an older game, but it's a bit of a treasure, and I feel that if you have a few hours and you want to just play through a fun platformer that feels rather satisfying, and also feel a sense of childlike wonder, it's definitely worth a playthrough. There isn't combat, it isn't scary, but it is atmospheric. With a knack for establishing you in the story that is both this extensive world and a cave system and so much more, and also a story being told to a young child. Story About My Uncle was developed by Gone North Games and published by Coffee Stain Publishing. It is available for PC. Thank you, Zara. So you're listening to Zed Games, is that it? You're listening to Zed Games. You're listening to Zed Games. Hello, you're listening to Zed Games. 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 Perfect. Perfect. Thank you. You're listening to Zed Games. My name's Hazel. My name is Cam. Is it? It is. You're not lying? Uh, well... No, we'll, we will get into a, a, a lie I have to talk about in a second. Oh, okay. But feel free to throw into it. <laughs> um, I, reckon, I reckon it's time for you to do your little review. Are okay. you ready? All right, I'm ready. All I'm right, ready. Let, me, um, let me... I can't do the Paul thing, but let me play that, that little soundbite for you. Oh, thanks. What are you reviewing? I'm reviewing a game called Fashion Police Squad. And, um, <gasps> not yet. Not yet. Uh, okay, let me start. My, my Zed Games friends, 
I need to tell you something. Um, it's it's been a while. It's been a couple of months now since our benevolent ruler Zara allowed me into your uh, to your ranks, and uh, I'm grateful for that. And it's been a really swell time. It's been a shebang, a hoot nanny even. But I've been keeping a secret all this time. Uh, <gasps> not yet. <laughs> I was a cop. <gasps> not yet. A narc. I've been working undercover as a member of. The Fashion Police Squad. <gasps> Brilliant. Perfect timing. Okay, okay, okay. Fashion Police Squad. We've been rehearsing this for weeks, people. Um, Fashion Police Squad is just a game that I've been playing on my suave and sophisticated Switch. You know, the one with the purple and orange Joy-Con for maximum style cred. It's a game where you're a new member of an elite task force dedicated to pre preventing crimes against fashion. In a world full of polyester grey suits ill-matching vests and shorts, and downright tacky dye-dye jackets, only the Fashion Police Squad can make this city fresh and funky again. At its heart, uh, Fashion Police Squad is a first-person shooter, like FPS, Fashion Police Squad. See, get it, it's a pun. Um, I get it. There was a really nice thing that went, went on the difficulty select screen. Um, one of them is, I'm too young to die, but it's spelled D-Y-E. And for that alone, oh, I was like... Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, I'm, I'm, Five stars. Yeah, yeah brilliant. Um, it's a first-person shooter, but instead of pumping perps full of lead, you're using your style gun to transform people from beige to beautiful. Some, some weapons are simply a matter of pointing at an enemy and pulling the trigger to transform their look. Some require you to drain their defences with this sick-looking whip thing, like you pull your belt out and use it as a whip and drain their energy. It's really cool. Uh, some require you to stylishly mix and match weapons to full effect. Hmm. Visually, Fashion Police Squad could best be described as retro chic. It looks like a first-person shooter from the early 90s. Um, think the original Duke Nukem by way of a Flash game you play on Newgrounds on your Pentium 3 while chatting to your friends on Yahoo Messenger. Oh, and yeah. Pretty much, yeah, that, that took a couple people back there. If not, ask your parents. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I hope, we, uh, <laughs> I hope we're not there yet. It'll be a great episode one day where we just like bring our parents in and they're just like, oh, we're just so disappointed in our children. They're, they're playing video games. Anyway, yeah, that's another story. Um, it also reminded me of how back in the day when Doom was a thing, there'd be like total conversion kits like Simpsons Doom. Oh, yeah. Yeah, see, you got it. Alien Doom. Um, people would just replace all the graphics and sound effects from poorly digitized samples from their VHS tapes in order to give their base game a whole new look. This is Project Runway Doom. That that's kind of a cool okay. look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I really liked how this aesthetic lends itself to a game about fashion because it means most of the time you're imagining the cool outfits your targets are wearing while looking at their blocky pixels. Like they're they're they're, they're still sprites, right? They're blocky little sprites walking around the, the, the okay. city. But you imagine they're wearing cool outfits, right? All this action takes place in a, in a funky, futuristic city that serves as a Byzantine maze. You must work your way through to complete each level. There's keys to find, doors to unlock, and most importantly, drabs to fab. Okay, look, it's not exactly as original as eye-catching as Little Nass's Met Gala outfit, but it works. It's like a plain white t-shirt and a new pair of jeans. It's just simple and effective. Now I want to see a tiny uh, little pixel version of Little Nass X. I, wouldn't that be amazing? That would be if so you're a cool. pixel artist out there, hit yes. me up. Yeah, <laughs> send it in. Twitter DMs. Wow. Zed Games. There we go. Uh, remember Twitter? Ask your parents. Um, 
Music. <laughs> like the uh, like the visuals, though, the music in Fashion Police Squad excuses. It's, it's got this glitzy sheen that, that really keeps your toes tapping and your fingers clicking, all right? Soundtrack's got this 70s cop show vibe that I really like. Um, it perfectly matches the whole vibe of you being a special member of an elite task force that could conceivably have a weekly TV show. Like, can you imagine it? C-grade celebrity guest stars every episode just turning up looking really terrible and then, like, the Fashion Police Squad shoot them and then they're, like... Really stylish and cool. I don't know. I just think cool. yeah. And there's no, you know, it's not people committing crimes. It's just people not dressing. I mean, isn't there like um, it'd be like a cool version of uh, what not to wear or whatever that show was called. Yes, I'd love that. Yeah, I like the idea that this is a video game, not really about violence, just about like being your being your best self, presenting out in the world, revealing who you are through your fashion. You're not shooting clothes onto them. You're shooting their insecurities out of them. Brilliant. Yes. And everyone's happy. Like, yeah. you shoot them. They don't like, oh, my God, I'm being so sad. You know, great. No, they're, they're, they're dancing about. They're like, wow, you cured my depression. Yeah. And God knows I could do with that. That'd be great. <laughs> with a gun. With a gun. Well, okay, actually, well, never mind. That went dark. Um... Look, overall, though, like, I really did enjoy my time with Fashion Police Squad. Um, I like to think, before I handed my badge and nail polish and returned to my civilian life of being a mostly anonymous middle-aged radio announcer, that I've made a difference. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and that's what it's really all about, isn't it? It's about making a difference. Yep. Is it a good difference? I don't know. I really recommend the game. I think it's cool to check out. It's not going to change your world, but it's just like fun and happy. And there's not enough of that. It's like just, if Doom uh, wasn't, you know, dark and gloomy. Yeah. Just, Does it have any kind of story or... Oh, there is. There's storyline beats, but, you know, there's thankfully there's a little button at the bottom of the screen you can do to skip that. Ah, okay. I Never mind. shouldn't have admitted to that, but there you go. Never mind then. Yeah. I, I was just talking a little bit before about how advertising has gotten its insidious hooks into all of our brains. Advertising is a big part of the video game industry, we're told. I wouldn't know. I have ad block on everywhere. Well, you know, but still, you know, we, we still end up staying up till two in the morning to watch the Nintendo Directs. We still, you know, E3 rolls around and all the hot trailers drop and we're like, oh, yeah, come on. Yeah, okay, I get you. I a friend of mine who takes, like, the week off work when E3 is on just so he's just, like, mainline the, the trailers directly into his veins. And God bless him. Good on you, Alex, out there. Huh. Yeah. So, uh, okay. so the reason the reason I bring that up, and I, I don't know if you have any examples as well, Hazel, but um, the uh, Nintendo Australia just did this ad for the new Zelda, which um, you know, obviously is on sale tomorrow. But it's about this like this guy that you know, this drab looking middle aged bloke who gets on the bus and he's very sad and he sighs to himself and he sits there on the bus and it's all very drab and dreary and he gets home alone to his drab and dreary house and there's really nothing going on in his life and then he buys Zelda Tears of the Kingdom and uh, he starts, you know, piecing little pieces together and he builds a boat and he's like, oh, this is great. I've got a little bit of control over my life. A little bit of ray, a little bit of sunshine. And then the, the, you see the colour starts to come back in the world next time he goes on the bus and he's happy playing his Switch. And that, more than any Nintendo Direct or anything like that, has convinced me to buy Tears of the Kingdom. <laughs> Because I'm a sad middle-aged man. <laughs> has there yeah. been an ad that has convinced you to buy a game? 
Um, I can think of one right now, but the game hasn't come out, so I can't buy it yet. Oh, but you're ex- you're you're, you're dropping your coin on that. Beyond so. Good and Evil Two. Oh yeah, well that okay. trailer with um, Asian Dub Foundation, mm-hmm. Strong Culture in the background, mm-hmm. and the monkey doing the sick flips, and and the hover bike, and the ship getting exploded. Um, that was that was one of the coolest trailers I've ever seen, and yep. uh, I I was like like you said just mainlining everything that they put out about the game until they stopped putting out stuff about the game but it's important to have something to for you to look forward to in retirement that was right right before yeah Yeah. it was right before covid so yeah look i'm I'm sure it'll come out you're young you've got many decades ahead of you to wait for beyond good and evil 2 it's fine (laughs) you'll get to play it one year Uh, I'll be hovering around as a ghost, going, "What's it like?" I'll get to, I'll get to play Beyond Good and Evil forever. Aye, very but, um, good. For um, all the oldies out there, I'm not actually old. I just have older brothers. Ah, uh, there you go. No, um, Picross. I don't know if uh, you ever played the Picross games, the puzzle games. Oh yeah, I love Picross. So when Mario's Picross first came out back in like '96 on the Game Boy. What Nintendo did was they just printed out a screenshot of of a level with the numbers on the side and the top and everything like that and just went, fill it out yourself on paper. And if you did, you obviously got what the game was about. Yeah. And it was brilliant. And that sold me the game. I thought that was absolutely genius. Now I want to play Picross. Yes. Damn it. The new one's out this Picross 9. Anyway, yeah. Good. You it's got good. me. Yes. You got me. Are there Always any others? Be- Are there any other games that you uh, you bought solely based off the ad? Um, I can tell you some games that have actually like put me off because of the ad. Ooh, that's good. Actually, like, like there's been a couple of like um, you know, I used to really like Need for Speed, right? And yeah. Then, and then the soundtrack would start to drop in the ads, and I'm like, oh, I freaking hate this song. I'm gonna bugger it. I am that petty. Yeah. But I'll be like, nah. No, I'm done. Nitro, no, forget it. I was just like, no, I hate the soundtrack. Yeah. What's your favorite Need for Speed, actually? Um, This is like- You know what? There is a wrong answer to this. Wow. Go. Wow, judgment. Need for Speed 2. The original OG. Okay, I've got nothing to say about that. I've got nothing to say about that. Okay, the reason why, the reason why is that- uh, Actually, Hot Pursuit. Come on, come on. Got to have respect for Hot Pursuit. The reason I like the original Need for Speeds is because all it was was like, pick a nice sports car, pick your opponent's nice sports car, and just a straight road that goes on for miles. And that's it. It's just a cruise along the countryside. There's no mm. techno music. There's no worrying about your nitrous levels. You don't have to worry about doing six slides and, and racking up a counter. It's just a nice cruise drive. Maybe I just How sit do you feel my- about the Fast and the Furious movies? <sighs> too fast probably a little bit too furious i'm like calm down people complete opposite complete really? opposite I'm okay a, i'm obsessed with too fast too furious um mm-hmm. what about tokyo drift where does that sit tokyo drift is an interesting one to me because it does have it does hold a special place in my heart but also drift what do you mean drift <laughs> um it's just the it's probably the worst written of the early movies um and yet it's so fun you know cargo yeah. sideways makes my brain happy <laughs> um 
I love that concept. Why don't they? Why don't they just make? Because I started to think, why don't they just make cars that drive sideways? I just wanted they to make. Had, a, no, um, I actually have something good about this. This oh, is now a car. Uh, yeah, show. Now, it's now a car radio yeah. show. Um, in NASCAR, uh, they did actually start making um, uh, cars that had tow built into them, so that. Um, Basically, like the front wheels and the back wheels were off center from each other, and they kind of like crab walked around the track, and it made it more efficient because you're always turning left. Always turning left. Um, And uh, then they realized that, oh, if we let them do this, all of the cars are going to be diagonal um, (laughs) all the time, time, and that's going to (laughs) look embarrassing for NASCAR because suddenly they don't look like real cars anymore so we have to ban this oh that's a shame yeah it's marketing killed the the sideways cars that wow can you imagine though a racing game like where you're just constantly drifting all the time and a number goes up that's it need for speed underground yeah, yeah drift yeah. mode yeah fair enough fair enough need for speed underground by the way my favorite oh it's a pretty good choice it's pretty good choice it's so good it's so good and the soundtrack mm-hmm that was probably, with, um, probably my most account. played soundtrack on Z Games <laughs> is is Need for Speed Underground. It's got it's got everything, you know. It's got everything you want. It's got, got I, like UK underground rap. Yeah, yep. It's got um, uh, whatever Static X is. Good times. Great times. Was that the one Great with times. all the neon underlighting? Yes. Oh. And you could fully yep. customize the car and do like vinyl stickers and this was you could make it absolutely disgusting it was absolutely everything even the demo reel that played before the game was a ripoff of too fast too furious <laughs> like the the race that happens at the start of too fast too furious they do a complete like one-to-one copy of it with the bridge jump and everything <laughs> and that's that's like the demo reel that plays before you start the game on the menu screen oh wow okay. you remember those yeah they don't have that anymore yeah Mm. R.I.P. demo scene. Um, anyway, it's time for us to say goodnight Aww. and goodbye. Mm, this is always sad. It's been an awesome show. Oh. oh. The old skyline had its back wheels. T- yes, you're right, Ben. Would we just have a text um, message come in? The, the old skyline GTRs, mm-hmm. uh, they achieved better handling in corners by having the back wheels steer slightly in the other direction when you turned. Oh. But just like a tiny bit. You wouldn't notice it, but yeah. There you go. Anyway. Thank you, Ben. For real this time, it's time for us to say goodbye. It is the end of the show. Bye, everyone. Love you. Thanks for listening to Zed Games. If you'd like to listen to more, check out our podcast on Spotify. Or follow us on social media at ZEDGamesAU. See you next time. time.